This episode of Star Trek The Next Conversation is brought to you by the good folks at Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum in Hollywood, California. It's the auditorium, everybody. They've been our sponsor since day one. Not really since day one, but they've been our only sponsor. They've been our only sponsor. So if you would like to sponsor us, I don't know what to tell you. Ripley's keeps asking us to do this. So if you want an exciting adventure when you're in Hollywood, you could go to the Ripley's Believe It or Not Auditorium. And if you're saying, wow, I'd like to go, but I just feel like I'd like to bring another person, but I feel like I can only afford one admission. Well, guess what? It is buy one, get one free when you head to the auditorium and mention Star Trek The Next Conversation and you tell them Matt and Andy sent you. That's all you have to do. Just go. Have a good time. Enjoy yourself. Look at all the weird things they have. It's a Ripley's Believe It or Not museum. For those of you young enough or too young to remember, it used to be a television show hosted by Jack Palance. That was a hoot. Check it out on YouTube, and then go to the museum. Here's the show. Podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Star Trek The Next Conversation. I'm Matt. Andy's very upset right now. Hi, how's it going, guys? Uh, Andy didn't bring a charger with his laptop, and his laptop was like, you know what, Andy, I, I don't feel like working right now. I thought in uh, in a Mac house, as is Dory's and uh, Matt's, but uh, my technology is apparently... Too like, old. Too old. Like the ship that Riker uh, commandeers in this episode, as Matt said. Yes. Is uh, completely outdated. <laughs> so... <laughs> My computer just died on me. So because of that, we are operating uh, without warp. And unless one of our crew members uh, beams aboard the Enterprise to cheat and steal something that will help him get warp drive, we're just going to be afloat here. We're adrift in space, talking about peak performance. We're operating... I'm operating without my notes. I'm operating without sound cues. (laughs) Yeah, so there's going to be... It's going to be a jingle-free situation here, guys. Yeah. Um... I hope you're excited. I know I am. I'm mostly excited because I'm imagining we'll have less hails to do and be able to get to the episode sooner. I did have a bunch of sound hails that I wanted to play that I now can't play, but... Um, oh, phone calls, you mean? Phone calls. <laughs> you just, sound hails. You just call it audio hails. Sound hails. <laughs> well, you are a weirdo. It's closer, <laughs> closer to, the, to the 24th century. <laughs> Captain, we have, so a, we have sound a sound hail coming, coming in. in. Oh, we're, um, we're both peaking. I'm going to turn those oh, down. Sorry. Turn that up. No, that's me. That's on me. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, you know what? I can look up. Hang on one sec. Andy can look something up, everybody. This will be fun. He's got uh, he's got his iPhone in one hand, a microphone in the other, and quite frankly, <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> never seen anything like it. I've never seen someone so discombobulated, but I get it. Okay. First, oh, we'll see how much, how much I can remember this. Uh, you know what it's time for, Matt. Well, what's it time for, Andy? <laughs> it's 
it's time for uh, the Admirals Club. Go. <laughs> nope. Go and leave a five-star review and join the Admirals Club. Oh, he's going to sing the jingle. This is a terrible idea. <laughs> okay. Show, show is... Oh, this is, a, this is a bad review appropriately. Should I read it? If it's a five-star, uh, sure. <laughs> uh, no, it's not. Oh, well, then why would you read it? No, it's not an Admirals Club. Okay, then I won't read that one. Um, sorry, pal. You just missed out your chance to get in the Admirals Club. A grand experience from like Flash. You can't Man. let someone who's not giving a five star review into the Admirals Club. No, That's not I, how the Admirals I, Club I works. I just sang the song. I should know most of all. A grand experience from Flash Fan seventeen seventy six. Very entertaining. Makes sitting through seasons one and two better. I can't wait until the show becomes as entertaining as the podcast. Keep up the good work and power through the last of two. Um, and then here's one The TNG Duo by Travel Boy Matt and Andy are amazing Matt's sarcasm and Andy's theories are just a perfect combination I look forward to each new episode every week uh, My favorite Myra podcast that features this guy uh, He seems uh, This guy he knows Who seems sad a lot <laughs> <laughs> from Brian Hagler. I love this podcast. Anyone who doesn't is dumb. Thank you, Brian. Um, okay, so... Uh, and that was the Admirals Club. Great. Nice quick Admirals Club. Thank Chitty. you, Andy. <laughs> Captain, we are being hailed. Oh, wait. Do we have any hails? We do have a few hails. Oh, boy. Um... I closed my phone because I'm so out of out of sync with what's going on. You're, you're on out sync. of sorts. You're out of sorts. Okay. Uh, sup, guys. Hails from New Ze- Open hails from New Zealand. He meant sound hails. At the end of the emissary, Worf gives the command to fire all phasers. The captain of the Tong ship says, uh, wait, over the comlink. This is something I remembered. Uh, no one on the bridge of the Enterprise says anything. Uh, Worf just turns around and he has a, a, like a dramatic pause, if you remember. Mm. And the gunner doesn't shoot. So if someone wants to attack the Enterprise, all they need to do is open hails and give the command to not shoot. Then they can uh, go to the strike zone. Correct use, question mark? I don't think so. Incorrect use. (laughs) Sorry, Ben. Um, Or did they have a safe word if they needed to shoot for real? Like, fire all phasers, aubergine. Chur balls. Do you know what? Is that a trick? Did Did he just make me say something? Who knows? Anyway, that's from Ben. Um... Yeah, I think that's uh, true. That was a flaw in that moment. I, I didn't think so. Why not? I don't think the Enterprise was ever going to fire. And I think they're under standard orders not to fire. At least that's what I thought. They weren't on orders not to fire at the Klingon ship. I they were supposed to destroy the Klingon ship if you know they couldn't do anything. Which the this is, this was a whole other here. I'll 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 just jump to this. Um, let's see. Uh, oh no, I removed that one because I had so many this is kind of this is the kind of nitpicking I'm <laughs> it's when he sound hails beginning to agree with that guy who gave us the bad review um okay, here's one uh hi, Matt Nandy in the emissary. Uh, Matt commented that the skeletor-looking dude in Worf's calisthenics program, I think it might have been me, belongs in a he-man movie. Um, do our voices sound alike? People seem to get our I feel like you were much deeper well I, I I feel like I could have seen it. That's something I could have said. You may have said in the last one. I said in the previous time we saw the Skeletor guy. But anyway. You don't know that. That 
Maybe I said it both times. No, I know I said it the first no, time. No, you didn't say it the first time. All right, well, whatever Let's go to the clip. It's on your computer. All right. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> Turns out he was in a He-Man movie. That is literally the Skeletor mask from the 1987 action film Master of the Universe. Oh. TNG makeup supervisor Michael Westmore also did work on the film and I guess stole the mask when he was done. Yeah, that's good to know. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, and he says, and that's from Nick, and he says, P.S., I think Shades of Grey should get full podcast coverage. When you guys went to Genie in a Bottle Crazy, Genie in a Bottle Crazy a few months ago, the first thing I thought of was how Shades of Grey, Shades of Grey and how much Glorious Christina there would be. Although, I don't think it is a, it's not a bottle episode. It's they a go down to bottle. a planet. It's a, it's a bottle episode. No, they go down to the planet. Oh, I haven't watched it in Oh, I just started watching years. it. And I gotta say, there's a lot more plot right at the top than I thought there would be, but we're not talking about that one, guys. Oh, okay. Um, I think oh here it is uh, this is from Keith McSweeney I think uh, I figured out why the secrecy from the Admiral Admiral in the opening moments uh, this is in the emissary the Klingons and Starfleet both know about the sleeper ship the implication is that the Enterprise is being sent to kill the Klingons preemptively before they awake a rather non-Starfleet approach hence the secrecy nobody wants that news getting out which I think is true I think Starfleet is basically saying, oh I disagree I think they were just I think people. they were just doing it in case the sleeper crew was already awake and was monitoring communications. Um, gotcha. Um, <laughs> easier explanation. Yeah. He, you're saying they would, they were doing it. I'm saying that they, they opened the subspace channel and they weren't specific on it just in case the Klingons had the sleeper Klingons oh, had already awoken and oh. were already monitoring nearby subspace communications. Did you just come up with that? That's what I always assumed. Oh, that's that's really clever. I don't, they make no reference to that. They shouldn't have to. Smart people can assume it. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> really, you know. Now that we're on the topic <laughs> of men being a dick to me, <laughs> I gotta say, I have a I have a pleasant last night. Went to a Christmas party. It was a delightful evening. Wake up this morning, start flipping through my, huh, let's take a look at some Instagrams. See top nine on Myra's. I'm like, ooh, here we go. Top nine pictures of 2017. I don't pick, you don't the pick in, that. The inaugural year of, of this podcast. the next conversation. Just, you understand how that works, right? You understand that it's based on the amount of likes the photo got. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. It's not like I picked it like it was MySpace. Oh, I didn't realize that. I thought you... No, 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 no. Oh, okay, I'm not. Uh, right. An algorithm picked them in. Okay. No, and I'm that's not. why I apologized on there and said I don't have control over the, I thought, uh, over <laughs> the best nine. Well, you said I, I don't make the rules. I thought that, I thought the rules meant... I don't make the rules. These are the things that are the most important to <laughs> me. <laughs> no, 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 no. That is... That's, you know, it's based on uh, Instagram. It's just based on number of likes. It's not... Nothing to do. I did not pick those. I wouldn't have picked so many of me and my wife. I mean, come on. Like, we get it. Uh, this is crazy because we do it. What, how many episodes have we done of this? 40 something? 40 something? I don't remember what the Hail's Close sound is. Uh, Hailing frequencies close, sir. Oh, geez. Right. Of course. The, the Chasha sound. Chasha? Chasha. Chasha. Um, okay. Um, this day in Trek history. Oh, is this also? Uh, this is a small prime. That's directive. a good name. That's a good name for a cat. Chasha, Tasha Yar, like the uh, cat. Uh, if you oh, named your cat Tasha Yar, I'm sure that at least three people that are listening right now have named their cat Tasha. Are you Yar. a listener to the podcast? <laughs> Did you name your cat Tasha Yar? 
Please, please write in, and you will you will enter the Tasha Yar Cat Fan Club. Oh, interesting. Um, the Tasha Yar Cat Elite Strike Force. There we go. Um, okay, I'll get ready for if you don't know know me by now by Simply Red, Matthew. I, I don't know uh, that and, that was the song. And in the meantime, um, I'm going to read. We got a, a a little note from Matthew Kirk who. Uh, who comes up with our This Day in Trek history. Uh, howdy, gentlemen. Just a brief prime corrective. Matt said the emissary premiered on June 10th. That was the date of Manhood's, Manhunt's premiere. Prime corrective. When that one goes... <laughs> what, did, what did I get right? I got the... I got the uh... Uh, on June 10th, that was actually the date of Manhunt's <laughs> premiere. It actually was June 29th, 1989. Oh, boy. I must have read the wrong... I know it ends section. with Matt and Andy got it wrong. <laughs> Don't worry about it. It's really quite Ma- simple. Andy got it wrong. <laughs> All right. Andy, we're talking about peak performance. It's production number 147, and it aired the week of July 10th, 1989. Said, yeah, July 10th. Uh, Matt, if you don't know me right now, by Simply Red was in the ears of U.S. radio audiences. Oh, really? Can we hear a little slice of that? Sure can. Oh, this is the song made famous by Ricky Gervais in the office. <laughs> I didn't realize this was a Simply Right song originally. Was this a cover? Or this was theirs? Uh, it was written by Kenny Gamble and Leon Huff. Well, whatever the case, uh, in the UK, Back to Life. The first released uh, in 1972. Topping the R&B chart and peaking at number three. Who sang it then? It was covered by Sibley Red in 1988. So kind of called it. Melvin and the Blue Notes. I see. Um, it's kind of a good cover. Uh, Back to Life, However Do You Want Me by Soul to Soul was preferred. Uh, Great Plains by Ian Fraser was a bestseller. And Lethal Weapon 2 led the pack in the box office. Wow, Get a load the, of that this. was the July... July box office winner was uh, Lethal Weapon. This is the original. Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes. It's nice. Let's hear his voice. Oh, there it is. Oh, well, that's. I gotta say, that kind of kicks Simply Red's ass. Sorry, pal. Oh, gosh. That's the best. <laughs> Um, at some point before I'm done, put on Ricky Gervais. Oh, I'm already typing it in. Typing it in. <laughs> already typing it in. Very good. Uh, here's the interesting thing, Matt. You mean David Brent. <laughs> David Brent, sure. Lethal Weapon 2. Uh, Diplomatic immunity. It led the pack, and it only had a take of $20 million. <laughs> Simpler times. It's really mostly the visuals. White oh, wait for him to start saying it. All the things <laughs> <laughs> that we've been through, you should understand me like I understand you. I honestly think that the, girl, I know the difference. office is the best thing that's ever been on television. But I agree. Right and wrong. 
10 Andes, my friend. Honestly, I can't. Like, even like, even if I'm thinking about like the first season of The Sopranos. The British office. Yes. Yes. Oh, God. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy. I mean, he's, he's done fine work since then, but it really was like a slam dunk of subtlety and just grounded, organic fucking human comedy just so good on every level you ever read the scripts no is it worthwhile oh my god it's all scripted we can get through that all genius get through that pretty quick if you wanted to do a a side podcast at some point it will just have a lot of disappointed uh millennial people who are sad it's not jim and pam we're talking about (laughs) that may be true (laughs) well all right let's not knock it too hard i was in that one That, that episode in particular. Um, the Man of a Thousand Voices, Mel Blanc. Blank. Oh, my God. Blank? Blank. Mel Blanc. Yeah, Mel Blanc. Famous for his Looney Tunes and Hanna-Barbera cartoon voices. Died at the age of 81. Steffi Graf and Boris Becker won the women's and men's single titles at Wimbledon, respectively. Um, and Time Magazine's cover featured a scowling Pete Rose with the capture, You Bet Your Life. Pete Rose and the Great American Obsession. The voices of Mel Blanc, everybody. The late, great Mel Blanc. <laughs> this day in history. Let's through that again. Okay. Would you like to shoot me now or wait till you get home? Shoot him now. Shoot him now. You keep out of this. He doesn't have to shoot you now. Ha! That's it. Hold it right there. Pronoun trouble. It's not he doesn't have to shoot you now. It's he doesn't have to shoot me now. Well, I say he does have to shoot me now! So shoot me now! Oh, boy. There's more, Andy. I'm sure. He also did. In order to grow up Sylvester to be a real Sylvester's cat, son. it is necessary to chase birds, catch birds, and eat birds. Oh, Father, what are we, cannibals? Yeah. <laughs> what creature is that? That was Sylvester's son. Oh, of course. I don't. I don't think that. Now you know the rules. Stand back to back. Start pacing. And when I count to three, turn and fire. Too loud. Oh, oh the levels are all over the place. I didn't make this video. <laughs> Not the levels. First, I say first first in my ears. Now I know how it feels to be hatched. Oh. <laughs> Secret squirrel. Parachute. Just a slight click of the button then. All right, I counted nine voices for the man of a thousand voices. I'm kidding. Um, and it's not that I don't like. I just want to be clear, Andy. I know you had an appearance on the American Office, and many talented people worked there. And Who quite frankly, quite them. frankly, they did a great job with what they were tasked to do. And it is a very different comedy from the original but I mean it's just you're, you're putting it up against I mean I you know what what Muhammad Ali the Muhammad Ali of sitcoms well it's like you know it's like he got uh, let's say it's the Empire Strikes Back I don't even I don't even think that's because the other ones of Star Wars movies I know are still are still you know good and have stuff that, that makes them the solid well so is the office the american office is good yeah but see i put i put it even further i put it like i think i think the british office is 
just know, it's in just a so whole good. class by itself. If you've never watched it, people, just go watch it. Stop listening to this podcast and go watch it. Um. All right, we're out of the we're out of the hails. I mean, we're out of the intro to thing. I should now read. <laughs> Not out of the hills. <laughs> You're a little Boy, discombobulated, too. I guess I need sound cues to tell me where we're at in the show. <laughs> it's, yeah. All right, here it is, guys. It's uh, it's the second to last episode of the season two. Here we go. It is Peak Performance, directed by Robert Shear, written by David Kemper. To prepare for the Borg threat, Picard asks for Master Zach Dorn strategist to oversee a battle simulation he will wage against Riker, who will command the revived derelict USS Hathaway. Strategist Serna Kolrami, who predicts that Riker has no chance, is also a champion at the game Stratagema. His shockingly easy defeat of Data leaves Pulaski and others fuming at the technician's arrogance. Meanwhile, Riker realizes his hope, his ship's hope in the battle is his own his ship's hope in the battle is his own flair for offbeat tricks. What is happening to both of us today? No, I'm just reading that sentence. Okay. Larry, let's do another draft. Uh, with the help of a dilithium sliver from Wesley's science project, this his crew stands ready. Riker scores an early hit using the holographic image of a Romulan warbird as a distraction, but the game's turned deadly when Picard mistakes an incoming Ferengi ship for another illusion. His, its attack leaves his weapons fused in the harmless war games mode. The Ferengi demand the secret weapon that uh, they surmise the Hathaway must be holding and threaten to destroy both vessels, but using its jury-rigged using its jury-rigging, the older ship fakes its shooting in a split second it warp jumps startling the materialistic Ferengi who withdrawing when they can't fathom its illogical destruction. That was the sentence. Meanwhile... Maybe Larry Nemechek was having an off day, too. Data gets a stratagem rematch with the Kolrami. Uh, with Kolrami. This time, he coolly plays only for a draw and wins when the frustration, frustrated Zach Dorn loses his patience. Okay, that's great. We're out of the episode. <laughs> All right. All right, guys, we're back. This is the start of peak performance. Here we go. Despite misgivings, I have agreed to Starfleet's request that the Enterprise divert to the Brass Lotus system to take part in a war game exercise. Joining us as observer and mediator is the Zach Dorn master strategist, Sirna Kolrami. What do you think of Sirna Kolrami's entrance? I don't remember it. Well, it's really agitated. He just he waddles through the back of the ship looking at everybody. Mr. Kolrami. Captain Jean-Luc Picard, welcome aboard. Captain, I bring you greetings from those at Starfleet Command. Would you care to be shown to your quarters? I require little rest, Captain. I prefer that we commence with our mission. I know that I always feel with this character actor who is in Total Recall, um, and I can dig out his name in a moment, and I think many other things, that he always kind of drives me crazy, and, uh, and I can never... It's sort of an unfair thing to judge because he's always playing a character that you're supposed to hate. Right. Exactly. That's that's what I'm wondering. Uh, but I feel like minimally his performances are always a little bit too arch for what he is playing. Andy with the critique. Boom. Andy's critiques. <laughs> 
we don't usually have that section. Uh, the other thing is, uh, I read a little thing that, uh, that which seemed a little bit insulting to the actor. Um, that that they were like, Yo, it's always hard to figure out what we're gonna do next in terms of the uh, the alien. And then when this guy came in, I knew what I was gonna do. And so he just like basically accentuated all the sags in his face and. And, oh uh, man! And like, I'm gonna leave his hair alone. His hair is already weird. It's just like Jesus Christ, lay off that guy. <laughs> Their reputations. This Zach Dorn does not appear to be a very formidable warrior. In the game of military brinksmanship, individual physical prowess is less important than the perception of a species as a whole. For over nine millennia, potential foes have regarded the Zakdorns as having the greatest innately strategic minds in the galaxy. So no one is willing to test that perception in combat. Exactly. Then the reputation means nothing. The Brass Lotus system. Oh. Oh, snap. Well, I, you know. I, hey, where's the air horn, man? Who knows, Andy? It's gone. All right. Just with our, along with our will to do this episode. <laughs> Yeah. A series of calamities, everybody. The batteries, it's a whole thing. Did you explain what happened? This no. I, hopefully I'm going to edit so they don't notice something happened. Uh, now I'm talking about the thing that I've edited out, so what is it? What is the point? Our failures seem to delight the audiences to some degree. Oh, I don't think so. No? Well, it deletes Not it. according to that last review. Yeah, but that guy, he's, a, he's an out, outlier, I think. At least amongst our regular listeners. <laughs> Who knows? So request for this. Who knows why you people are enjoying yeah. this morass? May I know why? Starfleet is not a military organization. Its purpose is exploration. Then why am I here? With the Borg threat, I decided that my officers and I needed to hone our tactical skills. In a crisis situation, it is prudent to have several options. I prefer brains over brawn as well. I think it's a waste of effort to test our combat skills. It's a minor province in the makeup of a starship captain. Your objection is noted. Let us hope that your distaste for the exercise will not affect your strategic abilities. Mr. Kolrami, when I agree to do something, I do it. Do you care to surrender now, Captain? This is this is, this is Jonathan Frakes' second worst hair in the history of the show. Yeah, is it is it different? It's just a little too swoopy up top. It's like I don't know what's going on with it. Like it's it's no it's no discernible. It's not a it's not a part. Right. It's just like a like a whooshy. Well, maybe with the beard they had to you know keep tinkering with the hair to balance it out. You know, it like changes the balance of the face. Everybody's hair finally gets decent in season seven that's just uh, that's what i have to look forward to andy i do i don't have any memory of liking troy's hair at any point attractive as the actress is um does it do you feel like it settles into something uh no no not until she decides to actually straighten her hair for the movies yeah, that that was better. Yeah. Well, number one, you are allowed a compliment of 40, so select whom you will. Save, of course, Mr. Data, who will serve as my first officer during your absence. I had envisioned you defining the crew. Why does he keep Data? That's an odd thing. Because he's losing his first officer, so he's taking a second officer as his first officer? Mm, okay, fair enough. 
Does that not work for you? No, that makes sense. But, but I mean, I Who guess... Who would you suggest he keep otherwise? I guess if I was Picard, maybe I would feel like, take whoever you want, pal. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm taking you down, so... Oh, sure. I think... Well, he is saying that, essentially. He's like, leave me the android. You can have whoever else you want. Yeah, but the android's worth, like, you know, three of the other guys. <laughs> Certainly worth a hundred wharfs. Yeah. <laughs> On my ship, leader of an away team has total control of the mission. If you want to judge leadership, why not start at the beginning? Very well, Captain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, I don't like I don't like the little Muppet Muppet sound choice he, he made that for throughout sure. the episode. Doctor. Captain, he needs an attitude adjustment. The Zakdonian culture is replete with self-assuredness and confidence. Seldom is it undeserved. For example, Kolrami is a third-level Grand Master at the game of Stratagema. <laughs> Picard just like goes, huh? <laughs> uh, what do you think, Pulaski? <laughs> but he's doing it a little bit ironically, right? I think so. The whole Stratagema. Oh, let's hear Andy's thoughts on Stratagema. That's the B plot, right? There, yes, the B. Well, the B plot is data self-confidence. Oh, right. Uh, that that part. I I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. Well, what do you make o- of overall, the Overall, oh. I, I, I... Go ahead. No, I was going to... You were on the same I was just going to say, overall, I really dig the whole setup. I love it's Riker versus Picard. Yes. I like that it goes wrong, of course, because yeah. you got to heighten it. Um, I, I, for me, I think battle strategy, for me, is the equivalent of protocol for you. Oh, okay. That is like... Like oh, you balance must. of terror in the original uh, in the original TOS was like that was one of my favorite episodes. I just love it that's when there's a, like, that's just an old school submarine movie. I know that's why, but it was in a very smart, clever you know uh, application to space. Yeah, where you know it makes sense that it would be submarine like if one of the ships could cloak. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's why I love you know Wrath of Khan is the ultimate. You yeah, know, it's balance of terror but bigger. Yeah. Um, so I love this episode for that for that reason. But there seem to be a lot of extraneous oh, just plots. Wait, just wait till you get to the space battle in Star Trek Nemesis. Oh. oh man, it's the only good part of that movie, and it's twenty <laughs> minutes long. <laughs> sounds sounds promising. Another millimeter. That's it. A little more there. That's excellent, Lieutenant. Yes, Commander heard about the simulation aboard the Hathaway. Oh, yes, sir, and the best of luck to you. I've researched those old Avidine engines. They're archaic by our standards, very touchy. Anticipating the worst, do you think they can be whipped into shape in 48 hours? I've uh, already taken the liberty of putting together a few necessities. So he knows he knows. Get picked. Oh, of course he does. So he was playing it real cool in that first uh, couplet he has. Uh, he was just like, "Yeah, it's going to be tough for you." Just, like he's really playing it straight. Just want to play a quick little. Okay, just I was thinking about the uh, that battle uh-huh. and uh, Nemesis, and well, quite frankly, I just I just want to hear a little bit of Picard from that. Is this just Nemesis? As a, just as a preview for Andy for uh, the. Uh, end this of won't the be TNG. a spoiler. It's not. A, I don't, movies aren't spoilers. All hands. Battle stations. Sounds awesome. They have phases in the walls, Andy. I don't want to watch this anymore. (laughs) 
the only good part of that movie. <laughs> it's the only good part of that movie. Well, it looks awesome. Oh, and then I think there's a captain's log towards the end. Yeah, here we are. Hang on one second. I'm just, you just get to... That wasn't even the part I wanted to hear. It was this last part of narration. Captain's personal log supplemental. We're heading toward Federation space at maximum warp. The crew has responded with the dedication I've come to expect of them. And like a thousand other commanders on a thousand other battlefields, I wait for the door. There you go. <laughs> it's really cool. What an unnecessary divergent path. I'm sorry, everyone listening. Worf, meanwhile, is building a tiny ship out of wood. <laughs> That's right. Waste Why? of time. It's just designed to be an exercise. Why is he doing that? I assume that it's connected somehow to Jordy having done it in a previous episode, and Jordy told him. Do you know what I think it hey, is? You, you should know what try it looks this. like? It looks like, I'd imagine, and this is in no way, shape, or form what it was, but you know, you can retcon anything in Star Trek, and I retcon it to be it's the, uh, the ship of the dead from the Klingon religion. Oh, that's, and that's what he's building. That's, that's what, smart. That's what I decided. That's nice. Of course, he could just replicate it. But then you don't have to, you don't get to build it. Well, I guess that's the question. It seems very unklingon like to have any interest in It's like you building a ship with all the, you know, the canning of uh, jams you do. You love your homemade jams. I do love you my jams. You could just go, go buy some, I, but. Sure, I pick blueberries in my overalls and. Uh, you know, Drop them in my bucket. If you see Andy out in the streets, or maybe you go to a UCB show, just ask him for some jam, and uh, he'll probably have I'll some just, on. I'll run to my car. I'll give you some. <laughs> oh, that's uh, $12. <laughs> it's, what? It's, 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 the labels with my face on them are very expensive. I'm sorry. <laughs> if there is nothing to lose, no sacrifice, then there is nothing to gain. You mean besides pride? Well, in this case, it doesn't matter. I probably haven't got a chance. There is always a chance. Slim. The Hathaway's most sophisticated weapon system. Nice even in a computer mock-up. Can't hope to defeat the Enterprise. Well, still. You're outmanned, you're outgunned, you're out-equipped. What else have you got? He's pulling him in, Matt. Guile. Join me. The honor is to serve. What is the Klingon perspective on Guile? Because uh, Worf is a total badass in how he, you know, rigs everything with the hologram, hologram illusions and everything in this, uh, in mm-hmm. this episode and just the strategy of yeah. it. And it feels like it's a little bit atypical for the Klingon perspective which is usually just no you take people straight ahead you go in guns blazing I think you just want to win the battle any way you can yeah okay fair enough maybe not any way you can but certainly within the realm of it feels like there's issues of honor that are oh no that are complicated with the Klingons like what's honorable what's an honorable way to cheat and what's an inner that's like a dishonorable way to cheat it's like it's like Guys, pick pick one. Pick a lane, Klingon. Like, you want to make jams like Andy? Then do it. Otherwise, just like go back to fighting. Oh, Klingon well, jams with a lot of worms in them. Nope. But you have got a chance. Ah. Are you even going to bother to show up? Sure. Kolrami is the best ever at Stratagema. Just to get to play him is a privilege. So aside from your being privileged, is there anything else I can look forward to? Nope. This is going to be exciting. Okay. 
That's a long hallway walk and talk. I give them not to mention the scene that. after it when he's playing him. What is the plot reason for this sequence other than setting up the later interaction with Data? There are three Kalrami well, you have to, sequences. You have to have. I think you have to sort of. You're establishing Kalrami not liking Riker, right? Uh-huh. Wait, so, Kalrami is the game, isn't it? Or is Kalrami the no, guy? No, Kalrami is the guy. Oh, what's the Stratagema. Game? Stratagema, right. My apologies. I'm trying to give you my explanation for what the plot of it is, or do you just want explanations for what the game is doing? Uh, explain the plot. Um, I think that this beat of Kalrami and Riker is there to... sort of show Riker's fearlessness. Yeah. Even though he knows he's going to lose, he's still going to go put on a show. What for? Eh. Everything else... Boisterousness? Everything else that Riker does in this episode, and this is one of the reasons I like it, is, and, and I really love this, and it goes along with the battle strategy sort of things that I like, is has an ulterior purpose. When he goes to Worf, when he goes to Jordy, especially with Worf, mm. he's basically baiting him to become emotionally engaged with, you know, being, enga- you know, fighting and, and coming up with a concept of how to beat Picard and interesting him, like everything he does. So I thought, oh, it's going to reveal that he was sort of testing out Kalrami's strategy in some way. But it's never touched on again, other than. Other than data, but you need to. Uh, it's just there to service the data plot. But the data plot doesn't need to be serviced because, I mean, the only thing it does is motivates Pulaski you have sort show, of. You have to start to have you have to data beat him, and that even that is very questionable. That she's like, set, you data, you got to go fight him. Why? Why does she care? You have to set up the thing of the crew backing Riker. They all love Riker. They're backing Riker in this game. Riker loses. They're like, well, you know what? Data could probably beat the crap out of him. Let's win one for Riker. Let's win one for the crew. Data, you have to face him. No, no, I don't have to. Blah, 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 blah. Then Data does it, and then it's like, oh my god, Data lost. This is inc- this is crazy. There's Couldn't no you hope just done crew. that with the with the Kalrami bragging that he was the best and could beat anybody on board? Why do you need Riker, who's already engaged in the A plot, doing it? On top of which, Data loses to him anyway. He, you see that da- Data losing. And then you see him winning. So that data doesn't. Data <laughs> only wins by the other guy quitting. Right. He well, he doesn't technically win, but he he sort of. He can't be beat. That guy. Uh, I understand. That's not relevant to my point. My point is, you have both pieces of that plot in the parts that involve data. You don't need the Riker part, other than as like padding. Maybe they're padding it. I want Maybe they shot it, cut it together, and were like, we're missing a beat. The, I'm sure that that is what it is, and that will happen. Disagree. I don't think that's what it is. I feel like they felt like, oh, Look we at need the one more it's beat. Really there. Oh, no, I'm, oh, no, I'm sure they shot it. It's an opponent of approximate skill. Stratagema can last well over 1,000 moves. <laughs> I wouldn't bet on us being here that long. What is Pulaski I've wagered heavily in the ship's pool that you will take him past the sixth plateau. And if I don't? I will be irritated. Forever curious, this urge to compete. What's a human response? That inborn craving to gauge your capabilities through conflict. 
Doctor, there are other ways to challenge oneself. Well, perhaps, but they all lack a certain thrill. Data, humans sometimes find it helpful to have an outsider set the standard by which they're judged. To avoid deceiving oneself. Maybe you should challenge Kolrami to Stratagema. Why, Doctor? Because when someone is that smug, you occasionally have to deflate them just a little. Yeah, Data. I'd like to see your neuroflex tear him down a peg. To what end? Computer. Actuation positions for Stratagema. Ready? Begin. Come on, Commander. Come on now. Will. You can do it. It's kind of a downloading game, also, I think. Well, it's also a, my least favorite thing in the world is the uh, actors improvising their cheering. <laughs> that is, it's a super hard directorial thing to control. That's it? I'm afraid so. But you only made 23 moves. Congratulations. Mm. 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 Skeksis. Mm. 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 Skelfling's power. Mm. Ah, you're wrong, Mr. Worf. It's fantastic. What do you think of the ship? It's ours. It's really cool. I love that it's beaten ahead. Worf! Sir. Lieutenant LaForge is a superior officer. The honor should be his. Worf, this is a battle simulation. You're my tactical officer. Discussed this with Geordi and we agreed. Need you by my side. Science, Worf. If engineering is anything like the bridge, I'm going to have my hands full. It's an interesting bridge layout. What is it like? I've never seen anything like it. Uh, it's kind of like it's kind of like um do they say what uh what, what genre a, what of ship it is that it? that's the TO, TO, TOS movie era uh constitution class what are you saying no i'm not saying it's a constitution class ship that's what the enterprise is all right you don't have to talk talk this in is, that tone this is to just me, like pal. the stargazer right oh yeah this is this is the, like the one on uh, picard's yeah it's the stargazer yeah i don't know what class the stargazer is and it says gonna, constellation class that, but it can't be a constellation exactly class how can it be isn't oh constitution class is what uh, the enterprise the original enterprise is yes uh constellation class gotcha yeah with four warp missiles and a, essentially a saucer section it's uh packs a little punch it's got the red railing too yeah. Which I like, which is very TOSy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's uh, let's see what's doing in engineering. All right. Sounds like a lot. Boy, I love that little engineering kit. It's got so many tools in it. <laughs> Do you want one of those? Yeah. Hathaway's engines are up. Nice job, Jordy. Now, what are the possibilities of warp drive? What do you think of the shot of them looking into the warp core? You keep asking me about mm. visuals. I'm just That's trying to have good. you remember things. There are only a few dilithium fragments left in the holding clamps. I like it. Even if we had crystals that were intact, there's no antimatter to fuel the drive. Any recommendations? No, sir. 
We haven't got a prayer. Would you like to transfer back to the Enterprise, Mr. Crusher? No, sir. Shut him West. down. Remember, our purpose is to improvise. It's the effort that counts. This show is fine. Maurice Hurley apparently commented, A good idea that worked. The war games were fun and the characters were good. <laughs> I don't know why that's the quote in memory alpha. But I expressed no such interest. Uh, what Commander Data means is that he would never have asked you himself, but I know that he's very interested in pitting his skill against yours. Play against the machine. Why should I wish to? I don't blame you. It's no fun going into a game when you know you're going to lose. But I wouldn't lose. Now you're no doubt going to tell me that I have to prove it to you. Come on, Data, you can't let that pass. Indeed, I... cannot. Oh, Pulaski. There she goes. This is like one of her last two plot maneuvers <laughs> is to bait Data into playing Stratagema. I'm assuming that the last one is just her saving. Where am I going to get the opti-cable? Right what do you think of this move when Worf just rips the cable down from the ceiling? Love it. Very Hans. Anywhere. <laughs> uh, this is the stuff that I love. All these Captain, characters, they're using the things that we know about the them. We're having them interact in a satisfying way and seeing their, their abilities come into play. It's just really satisfying. Mm. Wesley, you know. Is that important? Well, it has to be monitored. And it is my final grade in plasma physics. Message from the Hathaway, sir. On the screen. Request permission for Ensign Crusher to reboard the Enterprise. Why? Apparently, he was so anxious to join the away team, he left the very critical experiment unattended. Do you have any objection? He should be escorted and have no contact with anything save his research. Permission granted. Mr. Burke, will you handle that? Aye, sir. I saw no sense in Riker choosing him anyway. Just a non-commissioned child. Now, Mr. Burke, tactical officer, Mr. Burke decides to... uh, uh, that decides to. Picard tells him to go take care of it. Right. He, <laughs> I have never seen someone with as little patience as Mr. Burke waiting for Wesley. Yes. Also, he the Mr. way Burke he's acting is crazy. He's acting like he's expecting zombies to bust in at any he's moment. He's acting like they're robbing a bank. <laughs> he's like looking around suspiciously, like, "Hurry it up!" It's like I can't believe I forgot about this. It's a good lesson not to let excitement cloud your judgment. Yeah. Very delicate. I spent six weeks setting this up. It's a lot of work. Oh no. This is ruined. Guess he's it's a standard. He's Look, a standard. Uh, is this going to take much longer? I'm gonna have to dispose of this safely. This is very volatile. He's a standard for the audience perspective the on Wesley at the time. That's fine, let's just do it. Right, I'll transfer the coordinates to the <laughs> transporter. Now, in this scene, I want you to be really impatient. (laughs) 
That, by the way, that is the answer to the question we've all... The second that that thing beams in and Jordy does not turn around until it rocks onto its side and hits the yeah. thing, that is the answer to the question we've always wondered. Does a transporter beam actually make a sound? The answer is no. Oh, interesting. Otherwise, he'd turn around when he hears something beaming in. Right. I guess it would be tactically disadvantageous to have it make a sound. So it's just our it's our mind's eye when we're hearing that sound. What I actually imagine we're hearing is the transporter buffer back on the ship. Uh-huh. Gotcha. It's like in the transporter room, I think it makes noise. All right. <laughs> that's... That's that's my thoughts. All right. Begin. You can hear the ADR performers working their hearts out. Good go. Yes, wait. Come on, Dana. Come on, Uncle Rami. Cut. No one's terrible, Rob. A computer beaten by flesh and blood? You advanced quite far against such a worthy opponent. Thoroughly enjoyable, Mr. Data. I am at your disposal for a rematch. Thank you. But what would be the point? How can you lose? You're supposed to be infallible. Is he? Why is that? I, do not I don't think Pulaski understands uh, cybernetics <laughs> what, what or androids. Is? Like, I really don't. Like, yeah. it's so crazy to me. It doesn't. It, I mean, it doesn't make any sense, though. Like, she would have read his entire file with a with a more astute eye than anyone on board. So the fact that she doesn't understand not the specifics of That's it. always been a bother to me, by the way, is that, is that so much of Data's upkeep is handled in sickbay. Yeah. It shouldn't be. It would just be engineering. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. It also explains her ongoing Although I concerns will say about transporting. Thing, if he truly has life, then maybe sickbay must handle him. Because that's always in debate, isn't it? Wow. Well, no, it's been settled. Thanks to that sweet, sweet court situation. Measure. Captain Riker will present much of a challenge. Mr. Kalrami, may I speak with you in private? Great if he just beat the crap out of him in his ready room. Does this uniform make me look gay? I would like to know the root of your prejudice for my first officer. Oh, Captain. Mr. Kalrami, you have been nothing but denigrating and abusive of Commander Riker since coming aboard this ship. Now, I would like some explanation. Having studied William Riker's file prior to this assignment, I have found him wanting. What regard? His work record is exemplary. But, as you know, a starship captain is not manufactured. He or she is born from, from inside. From the... When he says inside, individual. he points at Livingston Picard. Uh-huh. Perhaps... Livingston Picard will be the next captain. <laughs> I would watch that. My show. interviews have revealed a man who displays circumstantially inappropriate joviality, belying the seriousness of his station. 
So he doesn't like him because he jokes around too much. Apparently. Although I would think his work record would overwhelm that. Is something the matter? That was going to be my question. With my repository of knowledge, I expected to perform better against a humanoid life form. You know, some of our greatest advances have come from analyzing failure. While it can be ego bruising... But, Counselor, I do not have an ego. Yes. I have no ego to bruise. Well, um... A loss can be disheartening. But, Counselor, I do not have a... Data... You're the dumbest person on the show. You can right handle defeat <laughs> in two ways. You can lose confidence or you can learn from your mistakes. I choose neither. That is what troubles me. I made no mistakes. I have conducted a diagnostic check of all of my programs. I am now cross-checking with the ship's computer. Is that all necessary? Sometimes data just has actual like internal feelings, and I believe this is a byproduct of the way Dr. Nguyen-Sung built him. Uh-huh. And he just cannot wrap his head around it. Nobody else can either, can they? Mm, I think everybody is like aware of Everybody it, sort right? of suspects. No, Data, you just think you don't have an ego. Right. Yeah. Didn't it? Yeah. But then, of course, it raises the question, is he just being programmed to act with a certain low level of emotion or... Does he, as a sentient being, feel these emotions? Mm. What do you think, Andy? I would have him disassembled so uh, Kaczynski <laughs> could. Uh, <laughs> was it Kaczynski or was the other guy? Maddox, right? <laughs> Bruce Maddox. <laughs> could use his parts to find things out. You went back to the Enterprise for that? Wes, you cheated. No, sir. You told me to improvise. The hard part is going to be calibrating the thermal curve necessary to start a controlled reaction. Obviously. Assuming you can, can you regulate the reaction? There's just enough crystal left to do it. We plan to channel the reaction through the chips. Are we good? You're better than good. Great. Brilliant. It's going to be fun. Carry on. All right, so they cheated. How do you feel? I don't think they cheated, did they? Well, I think they cheated in the sense that, you know, Kirk cheated when he took the Kobayashi Maru. It's an interesting question. I feel like Kirk, is it the same thing? You do anything you can to win, but it's a game where there are rules. But did they break the rules? Do the rules say... It's a loose interpretation of the rules. Uh huh. Just like Congress. Hey! Come in, please. Data, you still having a crisis of confidence? All right, Data. Enough of this. Okay, next Give scene. me strategic advantage. <laughs> Sir, all of this is theoretical. And if your theory fails to pay off? Have you ever driven a Grantham and water hopper? Sure. You ever caught the you're saying we're going to stall the Hathaway? And is the that, Enterprise will what is that? Right is that a real life thing? A Grantham and Water Hopper? No. I have no idea what that is. I'm sure Memory Alpha has the, the one mention of it, which is in this episode, the end. Pulverizes. I do like the Wesley jump over the banister in engineering. For no reason. He does a quick hop over. Yeah. 
Grentheman Waterhopper. It's a recreational watercraft in, when, in which one changed gears to increase the power of the vehicle. The hopper's engine has a tendency to stall when the clutch was inadvertently let go of or popped. Um, both Geordi uh, and Riker had operated Grentham and water hoppers by 2365 and had experienced that type of malfunction. <laughs> it's just extrapolating from the one line of dialogue. Uh-huh. That's the beauty of Memory Alpha. It's great. I thought it might have been going into some novelization, but no. Now let me try to understand. You're saying that Command of Data is suffering from a profound loss of confidence and that you believe that only I can restore the balance? Yes, sir. Both Deanna and I have tried, but we're not getting through to him. Don't you think you both might be overreacting? Data is not capable of the emotions which you're assigning him. The effects are the same, whether they're caused by human emotions or android algorithms. Data's not on the bridge, and I don't think Data's going to be on the bridge until we find some way to address his problem. I'm less than one hour away from a battle simulation, and I have to handhold an android. This is a... Command. This is kind of the first time we've seen a peek into back to uh, sort of season one Picard. In what sense? Being fed up with people under him. Hmm. I feel like he's shown a lot more patience with everyone, including Wesley, since he made the character adjustment. And this is him going, oh, i got to deal with this fucking thing now. Is it the character adjustment or his brush with death after that heart transplant? <laughs> Could be. <laughs> really on a... On a... Uh, on an uh, apology, apology, apology tour, Star Trek apology tour, <laughs> the, the retcon apology tour. Yeah, <laughs> everyone come out to retcon with me. Retcon twenty seven. It's in uh, San Diego. It's at Comic Con. It's a smaller building. People are very excited about Retcon University as a segment. Is that the thing that I think did? you mentioned? Welcome oh. to Retcon <laughs> University. Last <laughs> last time. <laughs> <laughs> I continue to retcon things with no apologies. Yeah. Uh, all right, I guess I'll play this dumbness. Now, do you know how to formulate a premise? Yes, sir. Then formulate this one. How do I deal with Commander Riker and the Hathaway? I want to wait your answer on the bridge. And Commander, it is possible to commit no mistakes and still lose. That is not a weakness. That is life. It was nice hearing that. I believe I understand, sir. And Data, will you leave your hesitation and self-doubt here in your quarters? Mine takes up the whole bridge. (laughs) (laughs) I keep mine in a little box on deck 12. (laughs) It's actually in an empty jar of Andy's jam. (laughs) Don't eat it. <laughs> You'll have to decide that for yourself. Wait, what? Sorry, I missed that entirely. Not that anyone cares. Counselor, Commander Riker ah. will assume we have made this analysis, and knowing that we know his methods, he will alter them. But, knowing that he knows that we know that he knows, he might choose to return to his usual pattern. Wait. Wait, you're overanalyzing data. One cannot deny human nature. 
What kind of a man is Commander Riker? A baller? A fighter? Yes. A player. The weaker his position, player. the more aggressive will be his posture. A ladies' man. And he won't give up. Then despite whatever options he has given, he must be... The man that he is, exactly. Is that a failing in humans? You'll have to decide that for yourself. That's a that's a fun little moment between the two. Of them. It is a fun little moment, and it plays into the, the strategy. I don't know how do they apply that information, or do we never get to it because the Ferengi show up? We don't get to it because the Ferengi show up. I kind of really want to see the the whole rest of this battle simula- simulation. Battle simulation. Cool. Battle simulation. Why would they start out oh, with such a recognizable ploy? He's teasing. He wants us to reveal our tactics on his terms, Mister Warp. Counter with the Tulupian maneuver. On instrument sighting. Agreed. Three-quarter impulse full on my command. Edson Nagel, maximum shields. Mr. Warp, prepare your little surprise. Aye, sir. Set course. 317. Mark. 73. Present minimal aspect. Ready, warp one. Optimal spread on simulated torpedoes. Captain Romulan warship approaching fast from astern. What the? He came out of nowhere, sir. Brings about Edson, maximum shields. Full weapon systems. Disengage. Modify. Lock on. Over to hailing frequency. I can't, sir. There's nothing there. Wall three evasive. Stand by. Disengage weapons and shields. Re-engage. Modified beam. He's quite good. He's the best. Computer reports simulated damage to several aft decks, sir. Repair time 3.6 days. That's too much. Can't we get taken care of in like an hour? I don't know. <laughs> How did he do that? Mr. Wolf must have overridden the sensor codes, played some holographic games, Mr. Data input a new code. Attack posture, circumvental attitude. Prepare beams for photon mode. Bye bye, Hathaway. <laughs> really enjoying oh, himself. That guy, really. By the way, Leslie Neal played Ensign Nagel. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's very present in this episode. She always seems to be standing between Jordy and Riker and, like, right in the center of the action. This might have had more lines. Uh, maybe. Um, I don't know if they were setting her up as another Ensign Gomez. Is that what her name was? But uh, she was in a number of things that I don't think. She was in Clean and Sober, she was in Gremlins 2. Why? Why are we going through her credits? She hasn't said a word in any of the clips I've played. I know, but uh, I had a memory of, uh, and she was in Seinfeld. Guys, Andy is lonely and is looking for a girl. That's <laughs> not true. That I was, might have been in Star Trek at some point. I was about to go into uh, Glenn Morshover, who was Ensign Burke's credits as well. Oh, interesting. You were? And Why'd you click through that? That Glenn, seemed like you weren't really Because I that. was going to circle back to it because clearly he had just spoken. <laughs> so it would have been a very neat c- connection to what had just happened. Well, you could have started with him because he just spoke. That would have made more sense, yes. <laughs> to the Enterprise. They're moving up. Well, anyway, continue. Go ahead with him. He doesn't have any good credits. Okay. <laughs> it's West Wing and Friday Night Lights. coming after us. Wesley, Jordy, prepare warp jump. There are no guarantees here, sir. There never are, Lieutenant. I'm going to trust your expertise. Secure your stations. Stand by for my signal. Ready the photon torpedoes. Captain, 
Sensors picking up a Ferengi warship closing at warp five. Did you input that new code? Aye, sir. Mr. Worf, I didn't give you enough credit. Continue the simulation. Divert all pilot shields. Several modified beams. Stay between the Ferengi and the halfway. Engage phasers and target. Fire when ready. Just getting pummeled by the Ferengi marauder. Yes. Great action scenes. Really fun. Yeah, if you like action. <laughs> in space. Uh, is it Melinda Snodgrass? Is that her name? She did a rewrite on this episode. Oh, also, And yes. said she really enjoyed the action and said that they had to do some convincing for all the battle scenes. Um, Seems like an expensive episode to make. Definitely. Based on all the effect shots. But worthwhile. Be, you know, I mean, I guess they could a lot of times they'll spend plates. a lot of effects on effects, and it'll just be like, "Why did they bother with that?" I mean, this is it's it's. I mean, look at this one shot. You have the three ships in a row right there. You have I one. Know. You have the Ferengi ship wailing on the I Enterprise. Love that. You never see that stuff. Just like okay, and then you gotta we gotta block them from the other ship. That kind of thing. Just real good. It's your kind of action, Andy. I agree. That's why you love this episode. Ensign Burke was in Transformers. And the losses, considering the circumstances. Not to me. Notify Starfleet. Priority. Hail the Ferengi of my command. Formulate alternatives. As the Starfleet observer, I am ordering you to withdraw. I am the captain of this vessel. Your order is nullified. (laughs) Ferengi, your main view screen. I am Captain Jean-Luc Picard of the Federation Starship USS Enterprise. Why have you attacked my vessel? Why was your ship combative with another Federation vessel of lesser design? Do you think Armin Sherman was just always going to be the default Ferengi? I don't know. Do you think that like they just cast a head mold for him in the first episode with the Ferengi, and they were like, let's just keep hiring him? And then when Deep Space Nine comes up, they're like, ah, oh, we already got that one built for Armin. Bring him in. I did. By the time they got to Deep Space Nine, I think there was he was the heir apparent. There was no way they were going with anybody else. But I think prior to that, I think it's just a factor of you know you we know how hard it is to cast day players, which is people who are just That's coming true. in for the day, and they're always that unless you just get lucky with someone great, it's always like eh, that person didn't do it quite right. Mm-hmm. So if you get somebody who does it right, you're like, oh, we're just sticking with that person. Yeah, and he does it right. He sure does. Why do you now protect your former target? What is its value to you? Our probes indicate you were aware of our... What is... They've refined the Franks. Still not... Not there yet. Not Not, there yet, but... Not not full Jewish. Every time you see him, they're a little bit less Jewish. (laughs) Guys, maybe we should ease off this... uh... Oh, no, no. They just get more... As the rules of acquisition grow... (laughs) 200-year-old French caricature of a Jewish person. So, so too, does the French-Jewish caricature. That's well done. Oh, shit. Took no action. Your answers will dictate our response. We have refrained from launching a counterattack in the hope that this can be resolved peacefully. Our probes indicate that you are crippled. And the ship you protect has no weaponry, no light speed drive, and only a scarce crew. This makes no sense to us. <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy. But also, like, what is this? This is Ferengi. What is the Ferengi? 
like what is their interaction with the 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 organized like the people in the federation and everything is and it just like and, and such aren't they afraid of starting a war they're just they're just they're just there to make money however they can and they don't care if it starts a war no wouldn't a war have started well listen sometimes wars are profitable uh-huh Frank, you can sell arms. You really on? You on explanation fire today? Because <laughs> everything you're saying, it isn't just <laughs> it isn't just something that clearly you made up and was not in their heads, but also is like you know what that makes a lot of sense. That <laughs> really good job. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's the only reason the Ferengi would have warships. I, I you know I assume they deal in weapons as well. Definitely, but it also seems like they're kind of you know. Uh, Mamby pamby kind of people that would have avoid direct confrontations whenever they had sure. to. So you wouldn't want to piss off a giant. You know, Federation is powerful and has a lot of allies. You wouldn't want them all coming after you. True. Anyway. Shields, notwithstand another assault, sir. Then there are no options: retreat or die. Seems like a master strategist would come up with other concepts. Leave you defenseless. Raptor closes in. We'll hit our warp drive. Take our chances. The what? We have a limited two-second warp capability. Impossible. That ship was rendered warp inactive. I told you he was the best. I'd like to hear more about this, number one, later. Right now, I have to work something out with Mr. Data. Premise. The Ferengi wish to capture the Hathaway, believing it to be of value. Therefore, we must remove the ship from their field of interest. And they will soon relocate it after a two-second walk. There is a way. Number one, can you hear this? Yes, sir. We're all here. Waiting for you to pull another rabbit out of your hat. So are Mr. we. Oh, no. <laughs> close channel, close channel. ...directly at the Hathaway. One millisecond after its detonation, the computer will trigger your warp jump. I think I hate this plan. Data, we're not even sure our warp... Shouldn't it be a millisecond before the detonation? That's true. The other thing that bothers me about this, I don't, I don't think that they explain this. I apologize if they do. Is uh, Worf was able to create the illusion because he had access and understood the the Enterprise's sensors. Yeah. How was he able to create it for the Ferengi? He's, they're not creating anything, right? Don't they? No, the Enterprise is just firing its actual torpedoes. Right? They have like four torpedoes they can. Oh, fire. and they explode after the and they after explode. The, the Hathaway's gone. Right. Okay. Jump will work. Wait, don't they? No, they then show that other uh, Federation ships are coming in. Oh, they just trick the sensors, not the viewer, but the sensors. But how is he able to get access to the sensors? That's a good question. Thank you. Where's Redcon University when you need it? It's true. Warp engines fail to function. The result could be unfortunate. Very unfortunate. We will be dead. Captain Riker. I cannot order you to do this. What the hell? Nobody said life was safe. The advantage is that it will appear from the creature's perspective as though... as though you were destroyed in the explosion. That will deceive them only for a few minutes. Their sensors will soon locate us. We'll only need a few minutes, Mr. Worf, because you're going to prepare another surprise for them. Oh, boy. Well, it goes off without a hitch. Let's just uh, see that magic here. And, uh... Destroy. 
and try. Good luck to both of you. Raptor. I will wait no longer, Picard. You needn't. The answer is no. Your actions have been wholly criminal. You will not profit by them. You are a fool. How can you stop us? You believe the Hathaway has value? We deny you your prize. Fire! Destroy your own rather than suffer the ignominy of defeat and capture? Did not think the Federation had such iron. You had no claim on that vessel. It was ours to destroy. As you are ours to destroy. And try. Enterprise targeted, leader. Leader, there is another Federation ship closing. A starship. Maximum shields. We have been outmaneuvered. They don't even bother double-checking anything. Yeah, that seems like that's in. We've the, been out maneuvered. Let's go. <laughs> that seems like that's in the Frankie character to just sure. flee. Uh, and then it ends with with Data bringing Kolrami to a draw. <laughs> Gotta return to this very Kolrami strategema plot. Listen to the heroic music, Matt. Uh, it's, it makes me feel like something important is happening. Yeah. Which is weird because I know something important isn't happening. <laughs> Why have you suspended the game? Because this is not a rematch. You have made a mockery of me. Data, you beat him. No, sir. It is a stalemate. No game of Stratagema has ever gone this high. What did you do? I simply altered my premise for playing the game. Explain. Working under the assumption that Kolrami was attempting to win, it is reasonable to assume that he expected me to play for the same goal. You didn't. No. I was playing for a standoff, a draw. While Kolrami was dedicated to winning, I was able to pass up obvious avenues of advancement and settle for a balance. Theoretically, I should be able to challenge him indefinitely. Then you have beaten him. It is a matter of perspective, Doctor. In the strictest sense, I did not win. Data. Data. Oh, boy. I busted him up. Yeah! yeah! <laughs> the crew cheers. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> They're watching Bailey's. Why did we write the crew cheers? Is there any way we can yeah! cut around that? No. Oh. Well, we could go to an exterior of the ship, but... You know what? We're just going to use it. It's awkward if he says busted you up and then uh, and then we don't have people cheer. Andy. Yeah. That's the end of the second to last episode of the season. I know. It's crazy. We're almost into the uniforms I know and love. Oh, man. I have to remember now. Oh, this is going to be difficult. All right. Let me give it a shot. In the vastness of space, oh, when God. the going gets tough, but you have you your gave computer it now. your all. You showed the right stuff. You managed to not blow the ship to smithereens. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. That's why you're this week's MVC. I did it. I just oh, wanted to see if I could do it. That's great. Um. Oh my God. 
Jesus. The MVC of this episode. There's a lot of a lot of contenders. Yeah, usually we're kind of we've been in a dearth lately. Yeah. Um let's see. So Riker's got to be in the running. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um the question is what did he who decided? I think Worf. Who decides who comes up with the concept? The concept of of, of blowing head. up the ship and yeah. jumping to warp. Yeah. Is that Data or is that Picard? I think it's Data. No one on there wants to. Yeah, then I guess you got to give it to Data. Oh my god, this is unbelievable. Although let's give two technically let's give two MVCs. Yeah, we have two ships to protect. Give here. one to Worf and one to Data. Yeah, we're gonna yeah. split it. Or though you could also argue Data's information saved the Hathaway. And we don't care about saving the Hathaway, even though our crew members are on there. We care about saving the Enterprise, which is Worf's doing. Although, theoretically, no, yeah. They could have just, you know, Worf does futz their sensors. Yeah, somehow. Somehow he managed to figure out how to hack the Ferengi sensors. You know what? Yeah. We're going straight up Worf. Can you believe it? Worf. Worf. There you go. On my end. Uh, you can vote for No, I'm going like. Worf 2. Worf 2. I've watched the Worf 2 sequel. Worf and Worf 2. Worf 1. Ladies and gentlemen, congratulations to Worf. Uh, Michael Dorn, you'll be receiving your award in the mail. Andy, it's time to give this, <laughs> to give this episode the Andes. some Andes. Or another method of ranking. We're working on it. <laughs> All right. This is this is. Uh, I definitely. I define. I'm no Michael this, Winslow. I'll I, say that. I define this episode as uh, rewatchable. Definitely. I. I. Hi. Sorry, you're talking about your your reaction as a rewatchable middling trek. Uh, middling. Yeah. So I, it's 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 actually because it's more rewatchable than an episode that would get say five Andes. Uh-huh. This episode gets six Andes for me. Uh, now you put me in a tough spot because I felt like inst- intuitively I just wanted to go higher than whatever you said, but that seems like that's a little bit correct in terms of like, well, it's not, it's not a you know an outstanding episode, but there's so much I like about it. I love, as I've said, I love the battle, the battle aspects of it, the cleverness, and they really use the characters so well, Andy, like the interactions between Worf and Riker and. You just vote with your heart here. That's all you got to do. But on the other side, that whole stratagem plot is pointless. <laughs> and I can see as you're coming to the end of the season why you would kind of go, let's just ditch Pulaski at this point. Come on. She's not clicking. Like, she's not that bad. There's They're, they're building up her relationship with Worf and her relationship with Data. Makes a little more sense now. Mm-hmm. But even that is a little bit confused. So I'm going to give it a six and a half. A six and a half and a six, bringing its total to a six point two five. I did really enjoy this episode. It, listen, it's rewatchable, but it's not you know, it's not. It's what is not, he gonna say? It's not the emissary. It's not. No, I enjoyed that more. Uh, here we go, guys. We're gonna watch the trailer for the season finale of season two of Star Trek: The Next Generation. I can't believe we're here. I can't believe it, Andy. I, I, and and we are going to watch it. We've decided after much going back and forth and many people coming on either side of Shades of Grey. I'd be happy to not do it, but you but know what? The completest in me says we yeah. should just do it. And, and the length of the episode will be however long the episode is. 
whatever. Yeah, we're not going to try to make it shorter, and we're not going to try to make it any longer. It's just going to be whatever it is. Here we go. A lot less clips we have to play because, thank God. Before you go on to it, I just wanted to read one action line in the script I noticed. Uh, of which script? A matter of perspective, Data says. In the strictest sense, I did not win. Troy and Pulaski lean in close with a come on, cut the bull stuff attitude. <laughs> bull stuff? <laughs> they didn't, they didn't say write shit in the script? <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't just write BS? <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> Oi. Alright, here's the trailer for Shades of Grey. Okay. Next time. Next time on Star Trek The Next Generation. Commander Riker is invaded by an alien parasite. My whole leg just went dead. Their growth rate is doubled. It's attacking his brain, and nothing can stop it. Respiration is erratic, pulse grossly irregular, blood pressure almost nil. Can anything save him from a tragic death? Hang on, Will. Hang on. Find out next time on Star Trek The Next Generation. All right. Um... One other thing in the script here, this is sort of telling, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it describes data uh, data demurring, but with a little preen. And then later it says, pushing on data's satisfied expression as he absorbs this new sensation of victory. It's like they're telling, they're telling the, uh, the actor to play it as though data has emotions. That would probably explain Brent Spiner's performance throughout the series. An interesting question, Andy. I'm excited. I hope you're excited. Next week is the last time we have to think about season two. It's crazy. Uh, we made it. I mean, you, according to you, that the, there's the new outfits in season three, right? Yep. Beverly's back. Beverly's back. Uh, LaForge is Lieutenant Commander. Uh huh. <laughs> Does that make a big difference? Makes what is me, he now? Is he, he's a lieutenant? Or he's, he's a lieutenant. Co- lieutenant, yeah. And uh, and Data is a lieutenant commander. Data is a commander throughout the series. Oh, he's L- a commander. lieutenant commander, yes. Lieutenant commander. Yeah. And and uh, Riker is a commander. Yep. Gotcha. The only commanders on board the ship, as far as I can tell right now, are heads of science departments. What is Worf? Lieutenant Worf's a commander lieutenant junior JG. grade. Yeah. Uh, I think Worf becomes a full lieutenant next season. Okay. And then he becomes promoted to lieutenant commander at the very beginning of Star Trek Generations. I like the rank stuff. You must love the rank stuff. Oh, it's protocol. Sure, protocol. Speaking of protocol, I'm going to go clean up this protocol droid. Okay. Wrong star. (laughs) (laughs) Okay.